0: Hello everyone, my name is Sierra, and I am your host for Lotus, a podcast for theoretical thinkers and curious minds. Today I am talking about the crimes of the CIA. Yes, I have been putting this episode off for a while because I've just been intimidated to talk about such a sensitive subject. Um, that is very old history, but when it involves the abuse and the misconduct of so many people, Um, I do believe that it takes a lot of care and effort to research it very carefully because, of course, a lot of misinformation out there. And also, um, some of the victims in this very very large umbrella of a story are still alive today and um, are still suffering the effects of some of the CIA's crimes and psychological experimentation done used with a lot of experimental drugs back in like the 60s and 70s um really this dates back to the 40s when the CIA kind of just came to be but um this this does kind of uh still carry some significance today I feel like because in the socio-political sphere of the United States there is a lot of mystery and though it is worse than some other countries I think it's really important to talk about what we do know so we can get an idea of what we may not know as well so this kind of goes back to the American Revolutionary War and the National Security Act of 1947 um this act established the CIA as an independent civilian intelligence agency so yeah the CIA stands for Central Intelligence Agency and collecting sensitive information about foreign countries and global insecurities to the National Security Council of the United States. But most of the time, this would allow policymakers to decide the best fit for political networking or basically the best methods for communicating and dealing with foreign countries, particularly during war times. Um, but back when the CIA first made its appearance in the federal government, it was founded by Harry S. Truman, obviously, our president of the United States, 33rd president of the United States from 1945 to 1953. Um, I'm not here to talk about Truman's, you know, reign in politics, his presidency. I'm not really equipped to talk about that stuff. I'm not like, I'm a teenager. I really can't tell you the, you know, the misconduct, the crimes and, you know, the drama behind his war, but the, you know, there, he was, um, A candidate for the united states and then he quickly gained the notoriety and renowned researchers its mission according to its website right now is straightforward but critical leverage the power of information to keep our nation safe their logo of an eagle represents alertness a shield of defense and protection while a compass rose represents global intelligence collection they Pronounced strongly that they are not a law enforcement organization, and I'd like to make this perfectly clear, that they're not a law enforcement organization, but despite this, they still work with the government line of defense and agencies on many complex issues, such as counterintelligence, counterterrorism, and disciplines to serve America's security, home security, which was... First alerted to the prospect of the communist use of mind control in 1949. So I know that's a huge jump from like counterintelligence to communism. And I'd like to make it clear that there's many definitions of communism. But the one that I'd like you to focus on for today's episode is that communism is a radical political philosophy that focuses on the benefits of the community. So this means communal benefits, political communist benefits, and then on so forth. Um, Mind control, in 1949, um, during the trial of Hungarian Cardinal Midsenstri, a known opponent of the communist regime, during this trial, his trial, uh, Midsenstri, looked absent-minded, showed robotic movements and confused the crimes that he had never committed. He confessed to crimes that he had never committed, truly. The U.S. government rather hastily presumed some of the behavior manipulation and ESP. Um, ESP is called introsensory perception. Um, That just means some psychic abilities, some parapsychological phenomena. And um, I have talked about ESP in some other episodes. But all you really need to know is that um, he was not himself. He was on something. And if you're confessing to crimes that you haven't committed, you know that you have been manipulated in some way, whether that is antagonized, you know, coerced and blackmailed into admitting something that's not true, or you are under some sort of um, substance. And I will talk about those substances in just a moment. Um, The US government a team to evaluate Russian interrogation practices. And um, i like to make it clear I'm not trying to criticize Russian interrogation practices. Um, It's more so political issues, and I think we all can identify what those are. And another shock for the U.S. government came via the return of U.S. prisoners of war captured in Korea during the 1950s. Not only did the soldiers come home claiming that biological weapons had been used by the US Army in Korea, something that the US government had always denied, but they also praised forms of Korean lifestyle and criticized those of the US, um, which is pretty bizarre. With this, the US government became convinced of the Korean use of brainwashing, taking on a new monkey see monkey do effect that by 1953 Twenty-five million of government funds was given to the Technical Services Division for MK Ultra projects to study human response to drugs and environmental conditions that could manipulate individuals to perform behaviors against their will. It was Dr. Sidney Gottlieb, Dott- chief chemist of the CIA, who became the mind behind MK Ultra. I don't know what MK Ultra really stands for, but it's just it's one of the most talked about. Psychological experiments done by the CIA. Jules um, directed Gopib to find a truth in order to win the Cold War. The Cold War started in the late forties and ended by nineteen eighty nine um, So when I say Cold War, it's a very blanket term, but I think we can all identify what the Cold War was to all of us. Our families were definitely involved in some way. Whether they were in the United States or in the Soviet Union, this was affecting everybody. Um, Goldieb's approach was to find a way to destroy the existing mind and then find a way to insert a new line of thoughts. Um, This is psychological manipulation. Previous work of hallucinogenic drugs was mostly conducted by Nazi doctors in concentration camps during World War II. Not going to go into detail of that. We all know what that means. Um, psychological experimentation has been done when biological and chemical warfare failed in some way and it just was an alternative torture method used during war times. Um, so previous work on hallucinant drugs collected by these Nazi doctors, right? And Gottlieb decided therefore to hire Nazi scientists and their Japanese counterparts to discuss their findings. <laughs> So, the CIA found that German military physicians working at Dachau and Auschwitz had been experimenting with barbitrous morphine derivatives and mescaline for interrogation purposes since 1943. Gottlieb had been interested in mescaline and had been tried at Dachau as an attempt to eliminate the will of the person examined. Yet, it had been concluded that mescaline was too unreliable to be a truth drug. Sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't. Therefore, um, the CIA looked for a new drug, a new very contemporary drug, and a Swiss drug called LSD. Um, Gopiab was so convinced by the effects of LSD that he bought the world's supply for $250,000. And so I have no idea how much that is in today's money, but I'm sure it's a crap ton of money in an attempt to hinder communist attempts to secure the drug. In doing so, the CIA brought LSD to the United States. As a consequence, Kinzer describes Gautier being the godfather of the LSD subculture, And, you know, the rest is history, and I know how, you know, prominent LSD was in the 60s, 70s, everything. It is certainly ironic that the very drug would give the government the power to control minds ended up fueling a generational rebellion that aims to actually counteract and destroy everything the CIA stood for. Now that we know the history behind the CIA's initiative, behind parapsychology's powers, we should talk about exactly what on the particular MK Ultra trials and the controversial methods employed there. There was obviously an unethical human experimentation. One of the most disturbing aspects of the MKUltra trials was the widespread and often involuntary human experimentation. Subjects were exposed to mind-altering drugs, LSD, um, without their informed consent. Um, Informed consent is crucial when it comes to experimenting on, like, human subjects. This blatant disregard for ethical principles has led to enduring controversy and condemnation, and now CIA has a very bad rep and probably will be forever. And obviously, too, the lack of accountability. The secrecy surrounding MKUltra and the CIA's efforts to destroy most of the hum- programs, programs, records that has fueled suspicions and conspiracy theories for the last decades. This lack of transparency and accountability has made it difficult for the public to ascertain the full extent of the program's activities. And then three. Severe psychological and physical consequences. Many individuals subjected to MKUltra experiments experimented severe psych- experienced severe psychological and physical consequences. Some suffered from lifelong trauma, to name one, um, irreversible neurological damage to their brain cells. Um, this raises ethical questions about the responsibility of a government agency to cause harm to its own citizens. And even if they're not your own citizens, like it's not cool. And then last but not least, on questionable research goals. The ethical justifications of the MK program remains highly questionable. Critics argue that the potential benefits, if any, were far outweighed by the ethical violations and harms inflicted on their subjects. The program's goals, including the quest for true theorems and mind control techniques, were dubious from both the scientific scientific an ethical standpoint. So, as details of MKUltra began to emerge in the early 1970s, there was a public outcry demanding accountability and more more transparency, a controversy surrounding the program led through various congressional investigations, protests, etc. Most notably, the Church Committee and the Rockefeller Commission, which is almost kind of surprising to me, um, because Rockefeller's position in capitalism, but... These investigations reveal some shocking details about the extent of the CIA's actions and the violation of ethical norms. And I think it ends with, like, the overall, what you should take away from this is informed consent. The MKUltra controversy underscores the paramount importance of informed consent in human expertise, experimentation. Um, when someone signs a contract to be experimented on, they are giving up their, they're not giving up their human rights. And the problem is, is that you should know what's going on to you when there's professionals that are basically putting your health at risk, that your 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 medical and physical and emotional well-being for possibly the rest of your life, you should kind of understand what's what happening to you. Um, the oversight and accountability, the government agencies, especially those involved in sensitive operations, must be subjected to robust oversight and accountability mechanisms. To prevent abuses and power and unethical conduct happening in the future, and then I think there also goes into a very thin line between national security and ethics. What we should talk about is the MK Ultra's high- highlights and challenges of balancing national security interests and ethical consideration. I understand a lot of professionals and government government people, you know, that were involved in these. Cold War times, were probably very paranoid and probably, like, you know, just stopped considering that humans' lives were in danger, and so they just went into, you know, forgetting about what was, what really did matter. And so that just draws some government that must ensure the security objectives are pursued within the boundaries of ethical norms and legal frameworks. I know that sometimes these things are considered legal under certain conditions, but still, is it ethical now? So, in conclusion, the controversy surrounding the CIA's psychological experiments and the MK Ultra Tracks represent a very dark chapter in the history of intelligence agencies. The unethical treatment of unwriting subjects and willing subjects the lack of accountability, and the enduring secrecy that have left a lasting stain on the reputation of the CIA. These events serve as a potent reminder of the ethical dilemmas faced by governmental agencies in their quest for national security, underscoring the importance of transparency, accountability, and adherence to ethical principles in all areas of government activity. I think a lot of the times what goes on in the government is very veiled up, very covered up, very private. There's so much secrecy, which leads to um, a, a sort of a sense of us-against-them mentality, and it shouldn't have to be that way. As a society continues to grapple with the legacy of MK Ultra, it remains imperative to ensure that such ethical lapses are never repeated again in the future. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you tune in for the next one. Have a great rest of your day.